Thank you, Jesus. He's a good, good father. That's who he is. Hallelujah. Well, uh, last week, I talked about launching out into the deep. I got uh, another message for today, but I'm not quite finished with that. I got a little bit more meat on that bone. I talked about stepping out and doing what God has placed in your heart. Say, I'm a sheep. I know his voice. Praise God. A little bit of housekeeping. Uh, if you got teenagers in here, I want you to help them to lock into the word. Know where you, do you know where your children are this morning? Okay, we got, we got uh, y'all listening. If y'all teenagers in here, you're not in the children's church downstairs, amen. So I want to encourage you, if you're gaming or if you are, uh, just give respect to the Word of God. Okay, amen? amen. Um, so just in, I encourage you. I encourage you, everybody say, I encourage, we encourage our young people to engage with the Word of God, not games, all right, so, amen. Back to our regularly scheduled broadcast. Amen. Amen. Uh, we don't want to do anything to be a distraction. Um, don't distract people around you and uh, encourage people around you. This, this is the Word of God. Just go ahead and, and, and let's get into the Word. The Word of God will change your life forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, um, do what God has placed in your heart. Say again, I'm, I, am sheep, I am a sheep, and I know his voice. Know his voice. Uh, sometimes people make it so hard, they think it's, it's, it's hard to hear God. It's not. If you think it's hard, it is hard. How can it be hard? Because sometimes the things that we believe is causing us to live wrong and to think wrong. Because we believe the wrong thing. Like we believe we got to get close to God. How close, how much closer can you get to God? He's in you. If he's in you, then how hard can it be? He said, my sheep, he didn't say, it's trying to hear my voice. My sheep know his voice. You're his sheep. Say, I'm his sheep. So I know his voice. It's not hard. To hear from God. He's got an assignment for you. He's got a plan for you. And you should know what that plan is. And when you do, step out on it. Okay? The, the deep is where he told Peter, uh, Jesus told Peter to launch out into the deep after he borrowed Peter's boat to teach. Then he told him that after they had fished all night and they caught nothing, he said launch out into the deep and let out down your nets for catch. But they let a net down. They weren't 
fully obedient, but God blessed them anyway. And that shows us God will bless you despite your obedience. Bless them anyway, because he's just that kind of father. And uh, they caught, I mean, he told them, launch out into the deep. Same place where they caught nothing. See, when you let when, when you let God be in control of your life, you can go to the same spot that was unproductive and all of a sudden it's productive. Glory be to God. The deep is where, where the abundance of fish are. Okay, he said, go out into the deep. And so that, that's uh, analogous for launch out into the deep. Get out of the comfort zone and go out into the deep. Don't be afraid to step out and do what God has called you to do. Maybe a different career, job change. It could be to start a new business or do some things to take your business to the next level. But just because something is not comfortable doesn't mean it's, it's not God. What happened when they went out into the deep? Well, their net busted, it broke, and they had to get their... Uh, they were in the fishing business. They weren't just weekend fishermen. They were in the fishing business, and they had to get their partners to come help them. And, you know, all the nets start breaking, and then they, they filled both of the boats, and the boats began to sink. So they got a net breaking, boat sinking, load of fish. It does it when, when, when you launch out, Okay. So I talked about that. Talked about the one thing. Steve Jobs, this is a one thing principle. The Lord had given me this. And um, we got the one thing planner coming out. I forgot to mention one thing about that planner. It's, it's already in February. But um, I've got a proof copy coming. It's all done. I'm just going to put my eyes on it one more time. Amen, and look at it. It's uh, beautiful. I want to uh, give a shout out to Mary Mons because she's the one that laid it out, and she did an outstanding job. She labored with that thing, man. Amen. You're going to get, uh, in this planner, it will be, uh, and I'm telling you, I'm giving you a special price on it because, see, these things, it costs money to produce these things. But, You'll get 365 days because you missed a month or, and, and a, little, a little past a month. We're going to give it to you for $8, okay, while supplies last. <laughs> Every day is going to be a statement from me or a scripture. It's a scripture I pick out or a statement on every single day of the year. And there will be a place where you can get one thing from what Jesus told Martha and Mary, or told Martha and Mary's house, Mary was doing the one thing that was needed. Amen. The launch out. I'm, I'm finished with that. This is the, yeah, I don't have no, nothing else with that. So I just, that was just a review. Here's what I got something else about. This one thing that's needed. Man, I got some more on it. And then Carla added something. And it's a blessing. 
man, I'm telling you. But so Jesus told Martha in Martha's house while Mary was sitting there speaking, hearing the word, told Martha, said, you're worried and trouble. You know, she's trying to tell Jesus what to do. Tell her to come and help me because she left me in here to cook these chitlins alone and tell her to come help me. And so I haven't heard that. Nobody makes chitlins anymore, I don't think. I was just reminiscing. Anybody heard of Harlem Globetrotters? Just a little bit of commercial. Y'all remind me what I was talking about before. But uh, Harlem Globetrotters, uh, back, I mean the real Harlem Globetrotters, back in the day when they had Metal Ark Lemon. I'm old enough to remember Metal Ark Lemon. He came here and did a clinic for us and ministered to us. We have, anybody remember? Anybody was there? We, had, we brought Metal Ark Lemon here. He's a believer. He's a strong believer. Amen. He did a basketball clinic and shared. Uh, amen. And so Curly Neal, all them kind of guys. And uh, I knew my family knew the manager at that time uh, that traveled all over with them. So we, me and my friends sat on the bench. Afterwards, because the, the manager had roots in Fort Wayne, and uh, one of the relatives, I think the grandmother, uh, one of the relatives, across the street from where my dad used to be the director at McCulloch Center, she had a house right across the street over there on McCulloch. And so after the game, every time when they come to Fort Wayne every year, they would go over to that house and eat chitlins after the game. I got a chance to visit with Curly Neal, Mel Lark, and all them guys when I was a kid. All right. So chitlins. Martha's in there cooking these chitlins alone. <laughs> Jesus, she told Jesus, tell her to come and help me. Martha, Martha, Jesus said, you are careful and troubled about so many things. One thing is needed. Now, I receive it because the word said it, but I had a question about how do you only need one thing? Don't you got to go to work? Don't, don't you have to uh, take the trash out? Don't you have to wash dishes? Don't you have to clean the house? I mean, I mean there's a lot of things you need. But Jesus said one thing is needed. So, but the Lord began to give me more and more stuff about that. Okay? Let me see if I can remember what he said. Well, the one thing, so, so what is the one thing that's needed? Sitting at Jesus' feet and hearing his word. Spending that quiet time with the Lord. So in the planner, I've got a place a little blank space where you can write the one thing that God gave you from your time with him. Just write down one thing that you got from your time with the Lord. And that may seem, seem like a simple thing, but it's powerful. Also, there's a place where you, you can put your appointments and your to-do list, even your fitness goals. Then there's another spot where you can put what's one thing you'll do today that will take you one step closer to your dream. Just one thing. So many people trying to figure out, well, I don't have enough time. I'm going to write this book. Or I, I, I've got an amazing movie and I want to write a, I want to write a play. Or I, I want to write a movie script. But I don't have the time, Pastor. They work at me like a dog. 
But can you do one thing? Can you write a paragraph? Too many people, they're trying to, it's in their heart to write a book, but they don't have time to write the book. Who can write a book in a day? Some, you, you can. The, the, the anointing come on you. You can do that. If you're just driven, I mean, you, you, you can get it. You can write a book in a day. It's been done. But can you write a page? So you can do one thing. You focus on one thing. All right? So here's, here's what the Lord showed me about the one thing. Why? You only really need one thing. See, Mary chose the most important part. What's, what's the one thing? The one thing, or, or the one thing is hearing his word. Okay, what does that do? Well, one thing it does is when you do the one thing, you'll find that some of the things that you needed to do, the Lord does it for you. And you won't even have to do it. It's happened to me. Or the Lord will give you the wisdom to show you how to do it. I mean, he'll give you, he'll give you the wisdom, and you'll, you'll know exactly how to do it. Or he'll, he'll this kind of goes along with that, but he'll lead you effortlessly by his spirit so you're doing it without sweat. Some of the things that you had to do, you're able to do it with no effort because you're dependent on him. Thank you, Jesus. See, when you depend on Jesus with your life, and, and here's, what, here's what Carla shared with me too on top of that. You trust him. When, you, when Jesus is the center, you're putting Jesus in the center of your day. Everything else just works. When you rest in the finished work and you rest, God works. When you work, God rests. See, this hustle mentality is killing people. Well, did you get something out of that today? Now my message. Praise the Lord. We got appetizer. Amen. Amen. That's some good that's some That's some crab cake appetizer right there. Thank you, Lord. I want to talk about life in the new covenant. One of the things I am really, oh, man, uh, I hear people, and I hear people talk about the messages that they're hearing. And uh, I, I'm not here to put down any churches or anything like that, but it's just, uh, there's just a lack of understanding of the covenant that we're living in. I mean, it's, it's amazing to me, but I, I understand that the Lord has to, to give you a revelation of grace. You, you have to get it by revelation because I didn't have it. I, I, I thought I did. I talked about grace, but grace is not a subject. Grace is a person. Grace came. 
the law came through Moses, came through a person, but grace and truth came. Grace is not a message, it's a person, and his name is Jesus. Grace didn't come through a person. God, grace came down. It's personal. And uh, when, we, when we live depending on him, it's just so much easy. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Somebody said, the Christian life is so difficult. No, it's not difficult. It's impossible. <laughs> when you're living by your own strength and your own ability and your self-effort. Well, don't you work, pastor? Paul said, I labor more abundantly than them all. See, two people can be side by side, and one of them doing it in their own strength, but it's not by power, not by might, it's by my spirit. One person is doing it in their own strength. The other one is doing it through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, somebody. I love when, when you can get excited about teaching. I can ju I just I get excited about teaching. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah, Pastor, what you talking about? I'm gonna tell you what I'm talking about. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you when you don't understand. When you don't, I'm gonna give you a practical example right here um, of what you don't when when you don't understand the difference between the two covenants when you mix the two um, and you you don't look. See, we, we should read the Bible through the lens of the finished work. It's like it's beautiful, like, like, it, like you, you, you're putting on high-definition glasses. Because until then, it's, Scripture is fuzzy until you put on new covenant lenses. Like I gave the example last week, it's like that um, standard definition. Um, man, if you look at TV, like, 20 years ago, probably not even that long, probably 10 years ago, you could hardly watch it. But you know, then we didn't know it was fuzzy. And that's what, that's what happens when you don't have a revelation of grace. You don't know how fuzzy your life is. You think, you, you think you're seeing God clearly. You think you're thinking, seeing Jesus clearly, but it's fuzzy. But once you get a revelation of grace, you see the word in high definition. In, 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 in 5K, right? Man, you're seeing it clearly. Amen. I have to walk away. Uh, I'm going to upgrade my TV, and I was about to do it. I had to walk out of the store. I saw, man, it looked like them people were jumping out the screen. Because I'm, I'm a person of excellence. I want to see it as clear as, I'll, as I can see it, man. Huh? I'm going eventually, man, they say that you can go, you can put them goggles on. It's attached to those phones that I'm not going to mention right now. That you can, they say you can, put, you can put these goggles on and then see, I mean, like in the front row of a, of a game or whatever. I don't know because I don't trust that Android. I'm not going to mention his name. But, but I heard like this PlayStation, they got this PlayStation, man. They'll sit there, man, and they said that's on a whole nother level, that you're attached to that thing. And um, I had a friend of mine uh, that, that 
went into the, he did some virtual reality, that's what I'm talking about right now, the virtual reality stuff. He said he was on the edge of a cliff. He said he would not jump off. And he knew it wasn't real. <laughs> he said, oh, that's how real it was, man. Amen. And Pastor, you get off on this different stuff, man. Why do you do that? It's just my style. I'll do what I want. I'm just free, man. We're going to get to this freedom over here. We're going to get to this freedom. We have freedom and we have liberty in Christ Jesus, man. We just have fun in God, man. We just enjoy our relationship with God. It's not a duty. Huh? See, under grace, we don't go to church because it's Sunday. We go to church because, man, we, 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 we want to sit at Jesus' feet and we want to fellowship with with the brothers and sisters in Christ. And we want to hear the word of God uh, uh, from our pastor. Amen. It's something that will help us. Amen. And, and thank you, Jesus. You want to come eat. And then you go feed yourself. Don't misunderstand me. You feed yourself throughout the week. You don't wait till Sunday to get fed. Feed yourself. Amen. Practical. Practical. Say practical. Here's an old covenant prayer. People still praying in 2019. I'm going to step on some toes now. You thought, well, I, I know what you got. Okay. All right. I'm going to get you now. If we want God to heal this nation, we're going to have to do what the Bible said. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, Pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then the Bible said, no, no, you're in the wrong covenant, my brother. It's wrong. It's not a new covenant prayer. Now I got you there, didn't I? Everybody say, ouch. Just trying to help you now. I'm trying to help you. Sometimes you have to just shake people out of the uh, out, out of that old covenant thinking because see Jesus went to the cross. See, uh, a, a lot of believers are living as though Jesus never went to the cross. I I don't have to. I don't have no wicked ways. <laughs> Not wicked. So that's an old covenant prayer based on a do good, get good. See, religion says do, Jesus says done. The work is finished. I'm not, you know, I don't have to do these. See, in the old covenant, that was an old covenant prayer. Well, Pastor, that's in the Bible, but it's in the old covenant. I might not even read any more scripture till next week. I, got, I just have to kind of give you this backdrop because in Hebrews 8, he's saying, this is the main point that I'm trying to tell you. We're going to go to the main point. I encourage you to read Hebrews, but we're going to go right, we're going to get right to it. He said, this is the main point, what we're saying. He sums it up in chapter 8, and he tells you what the new covenant is. So you don't have to guess. And then you can look at the Bible through the lens of the, new covenant, and then you can filter these messages you, that you're hearing. Here's another one. Created me a clean heart. What? I already have a clean heart. 
David, it was okay for him to say that because he was in another covenant. It's a, um, this, is a, this is a big one, people that pray this prayer. Um, so this is the aftermath of, of uh, oops, something wrong. One more, one I can't find it. In Isaiah 51, and that's not going to be there as long as I look. Um, but this is the aftermath of <laughs> um, after uh, he had sex with Bathsheba. That wasn't his wife. Man, this is. And so, how many know David messed up? But yet, God called him a man after his own heart. Watch this. Says, um, he, 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 he said, uh, uh, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. The scripture says he'll never leave you or forsake you. You don't pray that prayer. Lord, don't take your presence away from me. Lord, Lord don't take your presence away from me. And he was forgiven in the old covenant. How much more a new covenant child of God when you mess up? Your sins were already forgiven on the cross. And see, you, you, you have a, you're a new creation in Christ. You don't pray, don't cast me away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. He promised us he'll never leave us or forsake us. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, all the kind of stuff. No. Thank you, Jesus. We've got joy. You just draw it out. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So let's, with that in mind, I will have, do have some time going to the scriptures. Amen. So Hebrews chapter eight. Are y'all out there? Yes. For the sake of time, let's just drop down. I'll, I'll um, actually read the first verse so you can see. That he is summarizing things here. He said, this is the main point. Everybody say main point. Main point. Okay, let me get over here to this presentation. He said, this is the main, here we go. Verse 6 talks about we have a better covenant established upon better promises. So this is the main point of the things we are saying. Now, he said a lot of stuff. That's why I encourage you to read all these chapters. He's, he's really the writer of Hebrews, which I believe to be Paul, but I wouldn't argue with anybody. Uh, but he's differentiating the, the old covenant from this new covenant that we have today. And Jesus is the high priest of a better covenant established upon better promises. He said, so this is the main point, the main point of the things we're saying. We have a, such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. A minister, and I will read through this, a minister in the holy places, in the true tent that the Lord set up not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices, thus it is necessary for this priest to have something to offer. Now, if he were on earth, 
he would not be a priest at all since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. They serve a copy and shadow. I lost my connection, so y'all just going to have to flip that for me. So um, who serve a copy and shadow. Verse 4, back up to verse 4. For if he were on earth, he would not be a, a priest since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law, who serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly things as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, see that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. See, that whole tabernacle was set up um, as a copy of the true, which is Jesus and the tabernacle in heaven. See, those things in the Old Covenant, they were types and shadows. It's, that's very important for us to, to understand. And I say this all the time, and I'm going to keep saying it. See, that when the, the person, the offerer, when, when it came to the sin offering, he offered a lamb that had to be perfect. See, that's a picture of Jesus, who is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And the lamb had to be perfect. And the priest, when they brought the lamb, the priest would not examine the person or the offerer. Who did, what, what did the priest examine? He examined the lamb. So wh why is that important? That was a copy of what's in heaven now. So what happens when you sin, he doesn't look at you. Let me make sure you really repented. Let me make sure you, you're sorry. And it, if I could see some tears, that'll help. I'd like to see a little tears, a little remorse. <laughs> no, he's not looking at you. He's looking at the, he's looking at the lamb. That priest would look at that lamb and would examine it. Had to be spotless. Jesus is our lamb. And he's perfect. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. Man. So. See that you make things, all things according to the pattern, according to the pattern. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also a mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. But finding fault with them, he says, See, the problem wasn't really with the law. The problem was the people couldn't keep it. The law was perfect. The finding fault with them was not the law, it was the people. We couldn't keep it. But the law was never intended. The scripture is very clear. The law was never intended to make a person righteous. 
he took the he took the law in in specific specifically it references in uh, Colossians two the the handwriting of ordinances that was now what was what part of the six hundred thirteen laws were were handwritten the Ten Commandments he took those Ten Commandments that were the scripture says, contrary to us, that was against us. And contrary, it was contrary to us, and he nailed it to the cross. He, he nailed the law to the cross. What are you doing trying to keep the law today? The law was a do good, get good, do bad, get bad system. You curse when you don't keep the law. You bless when you do. We're not under that system again. We're blessed because of Jesus. We're not blessed because of our obedience. We're blessed because of Jesus' obedience. So, finding fault with him, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. And I'm here to announce to you, to blow the gospel trumpet, that that day is here. It started on the cross and was finished on the cross. Jesus didn't say it is, has started. He said it is finished. Whew. The days are coming. Where are you trying to go? <laughs> Amen. Somebody already planning to get out of here. Amen. <laughs> I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. That better not have been Joanne. <laughs> not, not according to the covenant. Everybody say not. not. You should circle that in your Bible. Not. I'm on, well, Pastor, I think we have to keep the law. Not. It's not. He said, I'm going to make a new covenant. Not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they could not, because they did not continue in my covenant and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that who will make? I will make with the house of Israel after those days. Now I want to camp out here for a second. I will put my laws. Wow, this is really good. He, he purposely changed the Old Testament rendition of this. And he didn't say, I'm going to put my law in them. He said, I'm going to put my laws. So this differentiates it from the old covenant law. He said, I'm going to put my laws. What, what kind of laws? That's interesting. Because the scripture talks about laws. There's the royal law of love. And there is uh, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. See, the laws that he places in your heart causes you 
to, to follow him effortlessly. They're already built into you. The law of the, the what, what kind of laws do the old covenant or the new covenant talk about? That these laws that are in our heart, the law of love, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the law of faith. It, 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 it's built into you. You don't have to go to Walmart and get it. You don't have, you don't have to pray for it. It's, it's already on the inside of you. I was about to go off into a Walmart uh, side journey, but I won't. <laughs> I'll resist that one. But these laws are in our heart. Thank you, Jesus. And this is interesting because the, these laws are called, see, the royal law. Interesting, in James 2a. Let me, let me slip over to James here real quick. James talks about, I love this. Who, see, remember Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you become my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. See, Jesus came, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay. Y'all hang on with me because I'm, I'm going to tie these things together and I'm going to let you go. We're out of time. But watch this. So the law came through Moses. So over here we got Moses. Over here we got Jesus. So, so G, the law came through Moses. We talked about that. Okay. Jesus came to give grace and truth. And some people think that the truth is the law. You got to balance the truth with grace. Ah, No. Grace is the truth, and the truth is grace. See, grace and truth came. The word came is interesting because it's a singular verb after two items. So, so grace and truth in the Greek, the word came is a singular verb, which means in the Greek it treats grace and truth as one item. Now, if you look at the context, you can see it easily. Je Jesus came as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He's truth personified. He's grace personified. He wasn't talking about two different things. Well, you got yeah, we got grace, but you got to balance it with truth. You're trying to get you right back into the law. The grace and truth is one item. So when he said you should know the truth, you know grace, and grace will make you free. When you understand God's, I mean, it's called the gospel of grace. The gospel of the grace of God. Does that mean it's not the gospel of truth? It's not even called the gospel of truth. It's called the gospel of grace. So, that, does that mean it's not true? No. It's still the gospel of truth because it's the gospel of grace. It's one thing. The gospel of the grace of God, says it in Acts chapter 20. I believe verse 24. Okay, so, so truth 
will make you, the truth of grace will make you free. Here, look at, look at this. In James, this is in 2.8, it says, if you really fulfill the royal law of the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you will do well. He calls this law of love. See, all these laws produce freedom. The old covenant law produced bondage. They couldn't keep it. But all, all of the new covenant laws that's in your heart is about freedom. So this, this royal law, listen to this. The royal law. Say royal law. Royal law. You should love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, now, in, in the 25th verse of chapter 1 says, he who looks into the perfect law of liberty. So, so this law of love is a law of liberty. It's a law of freedom. James 2.25. Excuse me, 2.12. So speak and do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. It's a law of liberty. See, God's commandments are not burdensome. These laws that's in our heart. The law, what does liberty mean? Freedom. Romans 8, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us Free. Thank you, Jesus. The free from the law of sin and death. So all of God's laws that's built into you produce freedom. My goodness. Well, we're out of time. I got, I got some more, but we'll just finish this next, next week. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word.